podcast where we talk about adoption using our own experiences as adoptees as well as others in the community. We are back with the Primal Wound Book Club series, chapter 12 today. We are almost through the book. I cannot believe it. I know. But we are excited to be back here with you guys in the studio. Um, Want to talk about the different sections? Yeah. So chapter 12 is called Reunions as a Means of Healing the Adoption Triad. This one is broken down with a lot of sections. I don't know if I need to go into all of them. We'll go into... You want me to? Should I break them down? Mm, let's just go with ones that we really stuck out. Okay. We'll kind of just talk about or like give the title when we okay, discuss good. it. Because there's quite a lot. There's a lot of sections. <laughs> so um, one thing I did want to touch on just in the beginning, kind of they always have like a little... In- oh, this one is this a is long a intro, actually. Intro. Never mind. I had a lot in the intro of this chapter. Um... First thing being, uh, they were talking about, like, you know, they're talking a lot about the healing with the triad and everything, and how, let's see, in the middle of page 151, there was a question of if, like, a adoptive child was trying to connect with her birth mother by, like, I guess she got pregnant at age 16, um, and she was kind of repeating the pattern. And the thing that I highlighted was, it is often an attempt to condone the original relinquishment, making it legitimate and normal in the eyes of the adoptee. Perhaps a more overt acknowledgement would be preferable to having more and more babies born to mothers who can't keep them. My comment was, generational trauma much? Mm Mm-hmm. I just wrote, (laughs) whoa, to the part above that, like, just, like, just repeating, yeah, repeating that. But it talks about how this girl was stood up so proud of saying, like, I don't want to find my birth mom. You know, it doesn't matter to me in in a sense. And it was just like, but it's saying how, like, mm-hmm. even deep down when adoptees, like, just do not acknowledge their need to find their birth mom, they identify with them, with her in some type of way. And it's just so interesting how subconsciously she did that exact thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, I also had stuff on 151. Oh, okay. <clears throat> At the bottom there of how reunions often seem to be a calming effect. So there's no longer an urge that runs away, or there's no longer a re- urge to run away from a home or engage in self-defeating behaviors. It is as if the adoptee's been mm. holding his breath all these years and could finally begin to breathe again. There is a release of tension and renewal of life. Reunions can help all the adoptees' relationships, including with that with the adoptive parents. And I just wrote, yes. Did you feel I that? I felt that completely. Oh gosh, that's so interesting. Completely. I kind of, I was wondering. I was like, mm, Erica? Yes. That's interesting, though. I felt that 100%. Just the, been holding your breath this whole time, and now you can just let go. Interesting. I just wonder if that's because, like, all parts of the triad are now together, connected somehow. Yeah. Without, you know, it being a little odd. It's still a little odd, but hmm. I was just like, yes! I just put yes. I just love that you connected with letters. that. I think yeah. that's really awesome. Um, Let me see. Basically, the rest of the chapter is just discussing, kind of going into a reunion. Um, On page 152, one thing that I noted here was, um, under no circumstances should a birth mother search for their child uh if there's any possibility at all she might abandon her child again so there is quite a bit in here that's talking about like okay don't do this don't abandon a second time um yeah i had a lot of that too and that kind of goes into our discussion question quickly yeah of just how 
Has anyone searched for their birth mother or mm-hmm. had their birth mother search for them? I'd be super curious on that one. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, if that so, happens more domestic than yeah. international. That is just something I'm kind of coming up with now. I'm like, I, I wonder if that I wonder. happens more that way than the other. I agree. And I would just be so interested to see how that went. And how was that experience like for you? Um, if you searched or if they searched for that reunion process, what was that like? And has any of our listeners had a second abandonment after searching? You found your birth mom, mm. you've talked to her, and now she's gone. I feel like some I've never of the, thought about that. Before. I think some of the people that we've interviewed over time, a lot of this talks about like the honeymoon honeymoon period immediately yes. after, and then it kind of shifts, and there are some either issues or whatever. But I would be curious if there were to be something where there was an abandonment secondhand, like you know after the fact. Um, one thing that I did also just want to note overall in this chapter that I thought was a really important quote just for people to remember as far as like if if they're the adoptive parent or anything in this triad, everyone should keep in mind that no matter what the circumstances of the relinquishment, no one has been more manipulated than the child. He is the only one who's had absolutely no control over his life. And always these kinds of quotes in this book are so like, that kind of thing is like rings so true to me where I'm like, we have no control. Mm -hmm. That's why we crave control now. It's like, that is something that always sticks out to me. I highlighted that whole part pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you really did. The only other thing I mentioned was he's the only one that has to be considered before anyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Yes. Don't really like to be thought of that way, but I'm going to agree with that for this one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we have next? Did you have anything? I didn't have anything really on the next few sections. I know maybe the bad guy syndrome as the adoptee did you have anything I had there some let me see here i mostly just had that uh we are seen as ungrateful mm, yeah that was which section do you have that in 153 at the bottom of that page okay mm-hmm. the bad guy syndrome the adoptee as the bad guy yes i had that and one thing that i highlighted was many adoptees had to find socially accepted reasons for searching such as a need for medical history in order to justify an inherent urge to find their roots and their connection with their lost mother. I thought that was really interesting because I I get that. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that makes sense to me where I'm like, yeah, you would have to kind of legitimize it where it's like... But it's so ridiculous. Why not just want, like, be able to just do the search without being questioned? I think just with the way that it's been kind of a taboo subject to talk about for so long that it's like... It, it's it, I don't know I can see why it was questionable not because I agree that it's questionable right, right, but it's right. just the fact that it's like times have been crazy like and the the issues that kind of come up from this and the emotional traumas that come from this of course you feel like you need to legitimize it like yeah. that makes total sense yeah um you said that you had something else in the bottom of that no, or was that yours was more on the next it. page okay um going on to the next page still talking about the bad guy syndrome that's one of the sections here they talk a lot about like different roles being the bad guy which i thought was really interesting i did not really anticipate them to kind of pose it that way Mm -hmm. um but that's a big part of this chapter is talking about like the different parts of the triad being the bad guy one thing on page 154 um that i wanted to mention in the middle of that page was our legislative bodies continually assert the adoptive parents right of possession as many adoptees who begin to search have discovered as one adoptee told me, I'm 50 years old and I still have my, 
still have to have my adoptive parents' permission to gain access to court records about my life. And they kind of also talk about like how who has heard of an adopted adult, not the courts, not our society. And it's kind of going back into like why we're like, okay, we need a voice clearly. And that's kind of obviously what we're trying to do. Um, Another, like just kind of following up to that, the following quote I had highlighted was, so in addition to the fear of another abandonment or some kind of rejection by the birth mother, the adoptee has to weather the ridicule of a society which doesn't understand the tremendous and healthy urge to heal the wound of that original separation. It's like, kind of like what you said, it's like, well, why do you have to feel this way? Or like, you know, about why is it so crazy? Yeah. That's kind of like going back to that. It's like, this is a big feeling. It's normal. It's healthy. It's fine. Right. So I think that was really interesting. And we definitely want to, I want to do more with that in the third season, just kind of talking about like adoptee rights and the way that that is, um, you know, related to how paperwork and getting records and things like that are so complicated. Mm -hmm. And I think this kind of just highlights that a little bit in this chapter. Absolutely. Um, Going on to other sections, what else did you have in this chapter? Um, So the next one that jumped out to me is the birth mother as the bad guy. So now it's Mm -hmm. in the next part of this triad. Um, Just most mostly that the thing that really stuck out to me is many birth mothers have been afraid to intrude in the lives of their children's adoptive families mm-hmm. they know that the adoptive parents feel threatened by the very idea of their coming back into the child's life and like it also said just you know they have no intention to try to replace adoptive parents but that's why a lot of times they wait until the adoptee is no longer a child before beginning that search or mm-hmm. maybe ever just because it's like i don't want to you know, completely turn their world upside down in a sense. Rock the foundation. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was kind of interesting because I think birth mothers give get a bad rep. Um, and it just, again, talked to the next section, understanding the birth mother. You know, the pain and dilemma for the birth mother should not be overlooked, which I have overlooked my entire life. Mm, I think that's something that I think about more now as being very aware of like mm-hmm. women's health issues mm-hmm. and you know everything that's going on with like Roe v. Wade and like in Texas and all of those kinds of things. Uh there's a lot here that just like really irks me, I suppose. Like at the bottom of 155, the quote is, yet in the eyes of society, she's perceived as the one that broke the rules. Yes. Oh, that made me so mad. And on then on to page 156, another thing I highlighted was she's often denied access to adequate counseling and feels pressured and even coerced into giving up her child. Like, we haven't talked a whole lot about um, adoption being a business, but, like, this chapter just kind of, like, made me boil a little mm-hmm. bit where I was like, oh, this is so frustrating. Like, the fact that this even happens and the fact that this is a huge element for the birth mothers. Like, yes. Ugh. I <laughs> it just know. like drives me crazy and it's just and it goes into ugh. a lot more in depth about how like the stages of unresolved grief for the birth mother like she oh yeah yeah, yeah. she's often unable to experience the child as real or accept the relinquishment as real so therefore mm-hmm. she's unable to grieve you know and again keeping the secret in too how can you grieve something that nobody else knows about you know like secretly you're doing it but like it's a big thing to take on yourself. And that was 
And I guess, obviously, if you don't want to talk about this, you don't have to, but that was something that your birth mother went through, right? Yeah, personal experience of that way because she had nobody, which is interesting because today I was just looking on Instagram and she had a photo of, like, family. She wrote, like, the Rodriguez family. And I was like, wait, so was this family? I thought we didn't have any. You know, like, Mm. so I don't know. But regardless, her parents did abandon her, and I do know that. And so, like, there's that type of unknowns and unable to grieve or like talk to your parents about something so traumatic or even just or the kids following you yeah i mean or even my birth father she has no idea who that is like she's doing this on her own so i just felt really different um by that and another part that really stuck out to me is although a birth mother may be dealing with this pain and grief she cannot undo what happened and most and must work through the grief and learn to accept her history and just to know that if you do come in reunion, she also feels that the loss of the years can never be recovered. And I have never thought about that. I just wrote, like, never gave into this thought that she would feel the same way, too. Because I felt like, ma'am, she's mm. missed my birthdays, my graduation, my prom, you know, like, all these different milestones. But, like, she's also felt that, too. Like, oh, wow. God. Yeah. Here she is as a grown adult. I knew her when I gave her away as a baby. I never knew her. But she probably imagined all these different things for me. Ah! So, like, yeah, it just made me take a step back. Ah! Like, no, <laughs> I don't see you as the bad guy, per se, is kind of how kind of the first part of this section went. But just understanding the birth mother is the section we're in. And I felt deep into that, like, understanding and trying to continue to um, relate to what she went through. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really... This section I thought was really interesting. And there is a book tempted to try to pull it up um to figure out the title of it uh go for it there is some there is a book the girls who went away thank you google for interpreting my nonsense (laughs) um yes i had started this book and it was fascinating i just am reading like 10 books at one time because i have no self-control of buying books apparently now um this section made me really interested in that just in the fact that like it's a secret and we did have an interview with uh photographer eric miller i think was his last name I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was, uh, why do I feel like that was so long ago? It was ages ago, but it was the, uh, he was featured in the Star Tribune. He's a photographer. He did a photo project of families Mm -hmm. based on his experience with getting a photo of his birth mother. And it's called, uh, pictures worth a thousand words, I believe is the name of the episode. So check that out. Um, but the book that I'm referring to is called the girls who went away, this, the Hidden History of Women Who Surrendered Children for Adoption in the Decades Before Roe v. Wade. And when I started it, I was like, this is so interesting. Because mm-hmm. that at that time in America, it was like, okay, girls, you know, mysteriously go somewhere for nine months and blah, blah, blah. And that's like what's happening. And, it, you know, you and I have a very different experience where it's like, well, this was happening in like a third world country. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's very different in that way. But it's like the secret pregnancy, the secret blah, blah, blah. And a lot of this chapter is kind of talking about, there was somewhere in here where they say how the birth mother often does not face these kinds of things, sometimes for like 20 years. Yeah. That stuck out to me. I don't remember where it was. I may have highlighted it elsewhere, but like- I saw that too. But yeah, that kind of thing is just crazy to me. Like sometimes they have issues 
um, conceiving a child later, you know, later on, because uh, as I know, like certain types of traumas can really affect your physical well-being. And now that doesn't even surprise me because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that makes sense. Like that's something I've experienced in other ways where it's like my stress, my anxiety, my emotions, my traumas have affected my physical health. So now mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And that would. Well, I didn't even think about that part of it. Yeah. And I did read that part. Uh, you know, with the one where they like didn't realize for twenty years. Or yep. whatever. Yeah, and the conceiving and yeah. unable to like have another successful marriage if you yeah. didn't have a good marriage in the first time. You know, like all of those. Exactly. Like, there's so many complicated things, and I thought that this chapter does put you in a very different perspective, thinking about the birth mother in very different ways that Absolutely. I thought was really interesting. Uh, what other sections? I didn't really have too much the impact on the extended family oh, I, I just thought, I thought maybe you would yeah I just with this I didn't have too much personally I just felt like a lot of our interviews that we've had in the past or like coming up um have a lot of reaction to this or re- can relate to this a lot more because a lot mm-hmm. of them have been taken from their mother to their aunt but then it's like this everyone has these secrets and it's like it's so much burden for that one person to keep the secret. So, like, it's, I think a lot of people who have been on our podcast and have been interviewed through us um, can relate to that section a lot more. I didn't have too much on that, honestly. Um, I guess I did. The, on the next page, 158. I think I know what you're about to say. Okay. <laughs> Go for no, it. What I'm do you not, think? <laughs> you oh, did have the same like, thing. Um, most, mm-hmm. when they do learn of her pain, which they had been told so they could have supported her during that difficult time in her yeah. life. Yeah. Ugh. Which I get. That's yeah. happened to me where I've told some th- somebody something after the fact and it's like, I don't know. I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, as that trauma being like, there's so much shame yeah. behind all of this. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, I've never been put in this position. Right. But, oh my God. Like, I know. Especially... F- if you're from a background where, let's say, sex before marriage or something isn't accepted, or you're a teenager, or you're in poverty, or any of these kinds of situations, like I said, two pages back, in the eyes of society, she's perceived as the one who broke the rules. She had sex and got caught. She is punished for this by being cut by being cut off from others, with no access to education or preparation for her role. Obviously, this happened. Yeah. It. I know nothing surprises me anymore. That's exactly what I had, and I just <laughs> and I just said I don't know the depths of my birth mom. I think there's a lot of unknown questions that she's still looking for that I maybe I'm not being told because mm-hmm. out of shame or guilt or whatever maybe on her part, um, language barrier. Who knows? But it was just yeah, that was very interesting to me because again, thinking about her and the pain she went through, it's just like. I had no idea. Yeah. I think if you watch chapter 11 before this, we talk a lot about trust and how adoptees feel about that. And I feel very like, well, obviously, no wonder. This I feel the same way about where it's like, no wonder she felt this way. Are we really surprised? Like the way that society, like there's so much pressure and everything regarding this. It's like, are we really surprised? Mm-hmm. And that's really frustrating, I feel like, for me to read about and just be like, okay, or have to be okay with it. Yeah. It's like, I, of course. What can we do better? Yeah. I I, I feel like that shouldn't be rhetorical, but it kind of is. But yeah. it's like, I want <laughs> yeah. the answer. Yes. Like, yeah. I don't have the answers right now, but maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. It's, mm. 
we solved a lot of problems last chapter. I know. Maybe we can, maybe we can crack I'm the trying. case. I'm trying. I know. We can crack the case this time. I bet we can do it. Um, let's see. Going on... <laughs> 159 i had a question for you if you had anything Ooh, sure. on there i'd like to hear it first okay. before i ask you the question sure the oh god i have a feeling i know what this is <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You read my mind i know we both just had a moment this yes. chapter uh so this section is reconnecting as a part of the healing process and the section that i highlighted <laughs> i don't know why this is funny we're just reading each other's minds and i'm dying we're laughing at our pain <laughs> That's horrible. We're healing. We're in We're the trying. Of healing. We have to laugh through the pain. It's fine. Yes. Um, and it is my opinion that no matter what <laughs> <Sorry>. anyone else... <laughs> you got it on the nose. You got it on the nose. You highlighted this part? Okay. Oh, God. We I are... just put arrow, Risa, question mark. <laughs> How did I know also what you're going to write? Is this Risa? Yeah. Like... <laughs> okay. I will read it this time. And it is my opinion that no matter what anyone else thinks, every adoptee on some level wants that mother to find him or her, wants to know that she cares. Do you feel this way? I don't know. I don't have therapy all next week. I don't know if I can answer that question. <laughs> I know. It's deep. I thought, I like remember reading this and be like, wait a minute. Yep. Walk away. Walk away. Ah! Set this book on fire. Mm -hmm. I can't do this right now. I never it's, thought about that before. Honestly, the way that they and wrote I that, I was you like, "It's like, excuse you, <laughs> like, geez, calling me out here today. Like, <laughs> what? Why did you choose today to attack me, Nancy? <laughs> You're gonna look her up, Nancy. I should find her on Facebook, like, ma'am. So after that section that you just all I did was highlight it. I didn't even like think <laughs> that's the problem. Well, now, like, th really deep, dig deep. Like, have you ever felt? In some aspect that you just want to know she cares. I don't think I've ever thought that before. I don't think I've ever thought about that being mm -hmm. like, I hope she at least cares that I'm doing well. I've never, that's never crossed my mind. Mm. Ever. Like. Do you ever wonder like if she thinks about you or any of that? Hmm. I guess, yes, but I feel very neutral about it. Oh, like, that kind of gave me chills because I don't really? think I've ever heard you say anything like, yes, with your birth mom. Honestly. It's always like, You're just no. calling me out for being in denial? No, <laughs> but mostly just like, no, I don't need a search. No, I'm doing this on my own. No, no, no. So I mean, like, I guess I just yes wonder is if she like, even Whoa. like, it's more so just the fact that I'm like, do I wonder if she's in total denial? That's kind of what I more thought about with this chapter was mm -hmm. just like, Am I just, like, I don't know, maybe I'm thought about, like, once a year, like, on my birthday or something. Mm -hmm. Like, is that all that it is? I guess it's more so, like, I don't know. I, I guess what's kind of confusing is, like, thinking about, like, my process with it versus hers. I'm, like, I don't necessarily think about her all that much, except for when yeah. we're talking about this, honestly, and just being, like, man, this must suck. Yeah. And... <laughs> And, like, just thinking about it in general, yeah. in such generalized terms, I don't think about her necessarily specifically, except for when I'm, like, I don't know, I'm tangent time. I'm on this really weird group on Facebook that is Find Your Doppelganger, and people are always like, oh, people look like this, and I haven't been brave enough to post myself and be like, what do I look like? Because, first of all, it's oftentimes celebrities. 
But sometimes people are like, you look like this person I know. And I'm like, I've said recently, I don't remember to who, but I was like, I don't know what I would do if I saw someone that looked like me. Would I know it? Would I realize it? Would I see it? Would they see it? I have no idea. Those are the kinds of things I think about. It's very much less specific to what's she like? What does she think about? How am I in relation to her? Blah, blah, blah. It's very much general, but I am, I guess with this kind of thing, wondering like, does she think about me? I'm like, I don't even know if I, yes, but I can't say why. Yeah. Or Or like, I don't know where or how Mm -hmm. or what part of me is wondering if it's like, I don't know. I guess my cynical self is just like, does she have a medical issue? It's like, oh, I probably should have told these adopted <laughs> parents that she's going to be screwed at whatever age. Like, those are the things I yeah. think about because I've had so many medical issues. Granted, now I've kind of figured out that's probably just more of the emotional trauma manifesting. It's fine. But, <laughs> like, with all of this, it's just very generalized. Yeah. And, again, just kind of when we do read this, it's more so the things that I think about with, like, birth mothers in general i suppose yep so and that's fair and like same with my birth mom even though i know her i don't think about her like all all the time every Mm day Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes never you know Mm -hmm. until like she commented on our post today i was like oh yeah yeah, that was different Ah! yeah that was like (gasps) yeah so like i forgot to read it doesn't really surprise me that it's not like oh yes yeah you know it's just kind of like every once in a while sure and I guess like every adoptee you would think about it I think it's also for me the fact that it just like I know this person had to exist yeah it's just the fact that there are this figment over here that just happens to exist and that's the reason I exist mm-hmm. like and there's not really much more than that yep. so yeah interesting okay. I don't I yeah. just wanted your opinion on that. <laughs> I'm glad you already knew where I was going with I that I know. One. That's, what's that's so you funny. now had two of those where we're like, did you highlight this? Do you <laughs> had a feeling? Like, <laughs> yeah. We're on yeah. the same. You put yeah. Eric. I put Risa. Like, uh. Thank you. Ma'am. Yep. <laughs> Have you thought about this? Don't pass that. I know you thought about it. I know you did. <laughs> that's so interesting. And like, I think looking at my birth mom was almost like a look in the mirror in a sense. Like, whoa, someone kind of looks like me. Ah! have, like, the same upper lip as me. Like, yeah, my no, eyebrows. Seen, like, I've seen the picture, yeah. obviously, of your birth mom and been like, there are some, like... Little similarities. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. I wonder that about, like, people that do look alike to their, like, moms or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is that how much people generally look like their mom? Do people look more like their mom? Do people look less like their mom? Like, I don't know. That's just so interesting. I have, like, a side note question. And this Ooh, doesn't yes. have to be in here, Ooh, but, like, it. it can be in here. Um, would you ever... And, like, I don't... I'm obviously never pressuring her to do anything. Ever. Because what your stance is on finding your birth mom, all of that, I completely agree with. I understand now. Like, the more we talk about mm-hmm. it. And I've said time and time again, like, you have to be 100% ready to do this. But, just out of curiosity, if... I did this search and I found her just to see stuff. Like, <laughs> why is it making me laugh? It's so funny to me. I don't know why. I wonder mm. what that, like, just so I could be like, did you have these medical, like, ask the questions you'd ask. And then, like, I would just be looking at you like, oh. What do you mean? What? Like, I could see her in you. Like, just like, I don't know. It was just a thought. Hmm. That'd be so bizarre because I think that's like 
in a sense, like a betrayal. You, well, <laughs> I'm more thinking, like, are you trying to be Katie Couric here and be like, we're reporting live. Like, I'm here to interview you. Like, no, I was just thinking, like, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of you on 2020 or something. Yeah, oh, like, I love 2020. Me too. Side note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. But I don't know. I don't know why I thought about that. The fact that you'd be like, I was just like, man, if I could find some it? answers for her without her having to do the whole process, this could be beneficial. I wonder if people ever do that. Like even just the medical things, like you just knowing, like, oh, yep, that came from her, but you don't have to like any have any contact, any seeing her, any of that. Like, and again, I wouldn't want to force anything on you whatsoever, and I will never do that. I just after reading this and hearing that you like had. A fantasy or a thought, like, here and there, once, every once in a while, like, just curious. Mm. Give me a second. I just think that'd be really weird, because I don't think you want to do it, but what if someone did it for you? Honestly, the thought of it didn't make, like, my stomach flip, didn't make me, Mm -hmm. like, nervous, didn't make me excited. It was kind of just, like... Yeah, sure, if you want to do. But that's kind of how But it's f- more so just the fact that I'm like, I don't give a crap. I'm yeah, like, but that's kind of how you feel about the whole thing. It's just kind of like, what's the point? Of, what's the point of it? Yeah, in a sense. I just like, I'm yeah. not finding, originally, like a couple, not even a couple years ago, a longer time ago when I was starting to have like medical mystery yeah. stuff, like the um, like muscle condition that I had yeah. in high school and in college, like that was more of a question, like, that to me seemed more hereditary than the issues that I've had more recently. Mm-hmm. Like this seemed more tra- sort of trauma. Related. I don't really know though. Like honestly, like any of those kinds of things, you know, they've kind of said like my immune system is a little bit fragile just because, and that's, what's crazy is like, it's often these really weird things that can like creep in rather than like my immune system being susceptible to like common colds or flu or COVID or something like that. Um, I used to knock on wood. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I used to really wonder. God, I'm gonna get COVID tomorrow now. Just wait. Um, I used to really wonder, like, oh, I wonder if they, you know, would have had these medical conditions. But then I kind of started to realize, like, okay, but they're in Colombia. Like the medical stuff is nothing like it is now. Nothing mm-hmm. compared to the access and privilege that I have now. They wouldn't know. There's yeah. literally nothing that they could have told me anyway. Right. So it's like kind of moot point at this point. So and who knows if she even knows. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. like the medical accessibility there. So limited. Yeah. Like I've had really good luck with really good doctors. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So like even that here in domestically as isn't as accessible yeah. to everybody. I just happen to have that now. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I don't know. I don't think I would do no, it I because could. like, you know, I'm bad with secrets, so I would tell you everything. You are terrible with secrets. That is <laughs> thank you for admitting that finally. You're always just like no, I you? can like if I really, really have to, I can keep a secret. Yeah, she don't, cannot, don't even, don't play me. Secret. I can. I haven't she told can. you your Christmas gift. We talked about this today. Secret. I try to trick you. You're full of crap. I don't even know. You're <laughs> full of it. That is not accurate. But no, I can keep a secret if I really have to. But like, if it's something big that like you See, might benefit from, big. so Christmas presents like doesn't even matter. <sighs> you can tell me, I'd be like. Makes sense. Do you want care? But like, I want it to be a surprise. Anyway, I just don't think I could do it. But I was just I don't curious. Think you're <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm starting to have faith in you, but I'm also just like, well, Erica. 
Yeah, I would just be so excited, like, come on, you just want to see your picture. But like, but what if something terrible happened? You'd be like, so yeah, it was, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Erica, why are you being suspect? Yeah. Like, what's going on? I just, I couldn't take on that for you. I've already done it myself. <laughs> I'm done. I am not done. a second try. No, but I was just curious. I. Never that's heard fair. of that happening, and I don't think... I haven't either, but that's a really interesting perspective yeah, just to think about. Yeah, it just about. popped in my head. That was way longer tangent than we expected. Anyway. Anyway, the next section, search and the adoptive mother. I had a couple things noted. Mm. So did you... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, let's see. Okay, the one thing that I highlighted as far as the quote, um, talking about the adoptive mother being kind of resisting, you know, their adoptive child wanting to search. Uh, what I highlighted was after years of struggle and constant turmoil in the home, after the aching agony of witnessing their children relate more easily to everyone else's mothers than to them, it's safer. They then see their children yearning to find that magical person with whom there's some undeniable, undefinable connection. I thought that was really interesting, and especially the comment about relating easily to everyone else's mothers than to them. I was like, oh my god, I get it. Like, Yeah. Because I do have, like, my friends' moms from, like, high school that I'm really, really close with, Mm -hmm. especially now, where I'm like, you know, I've known them for, you know, 15 years at this point. Like, we're really close. But the thing is, we were close then, too. And I would talk to them about more stuff. Like... Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. Like, did yeah. you have that also? Yeah. Okay. I thought that was really interesting and just the fact that it's like, okay, they're going to seek out even more than that. Like, mm-hmm. granted, obviously, there's still a chance that they're not going to connect correct or the way that they think or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, you get where that comes from. I definitely had that, like, aha moment with that whole sentence that you did you have anything else in this section? Um, the only thing that I had is one thing every adoptive mother knows in her heart is that the child reuniting with her birth mother will change forever their relationship to one another. That's the unknown, and that's what makes it so scary for the adoptive mother. And for me, it was I just put the guilt just came back for a second of me doing this whole process or me doing that process back when I was 18. Wait, so one thing every adoptive mother Will just change that, their relationship to one another. The adoptive mother and the adoptive child? I think so. That's what oh, I took it as. That's the unknown. Oh. Because she... and I've I known, mean, it could go either way, honestly. Yeah. If that changes the relationship could. to one another between child and birth mom or child and adoptive mom, there is a shift in both of those, actually. Both of them. And I, think, and I think there's a, a shift no matter what, but a drastic shift. And I, and I know... <laughs> And I know that has happened. Um, someone I was going back to Columbia with, they did the reunion. They ended up staying there with their birth mom. Like He was like, I need to be with my birth mom. This is why I'm here. Ah. Stayed with her for the two full weeks and didn't do like the rest of the tour with the group. Oh, wow. And then wanted to go back to Columbia to be with them because that's, his, that's their family, you know? So it's kind of like... All those unknowns for the adoptive um, parents, especially the mother, just because you have that different type of connection and they're like the nurturer, you know, mm-hmm. of the whole family. But I can see why there's that hesitant take on it. And I've seen firsthand that it can go one way or the other. And for me and my, my adoptive mom, I think we had a stronger bond after that. And mm-hmm. I also had a stronger bond with my birth mom. Hard to kind of go back and forth with. That's why I was like, 
the guilt for a second came back because it's like, mm. oh gosh, you know, I felt that a little bit on both sides. I didn't have all that much more in that particular section because I didn't really <clears throat> connect with that a lot because obviously I haven't been through that. Right. Um, let me see here. Feelings of the birth mother. Um, oh, one thing I just wanted to kind of notate in the section of the feelings of the birth mother towards adoptive parents, uh, mm -hmm. page 164. That again, this is something like talking in uh, season three that's going to be coming out in January 2022. I want to talk more about the um, adoption as a business, basically, and that being an issue. One thing I highlighted here was the quote, socioeconomic status is often the number one criterion for selecting these parents, not their understanding of the issues or their psychological slash emotional readiness for taking on this responsibility. I thought that was very much mm -hmm. worth noting where it was like, ugh. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Mm. I know. And I think this section was really good. Um, Kind of one, 163, 164. I just said they had a really good, really good points in this section. Um, Nothing I'm going to dive deep into, but I think it's definitely worth reading that section for sure. Yeah. I, I guess there's not really much I can go into on that. It's just kind of something that I think is worth talking about yeah. and something that I want to talk about more in the future. Yes. So, um, for sure. Oh, at the bottom oh, of 164 yeah. is where it says um, people, women in her office 20 years from now oh, yep. when the re realization of their loss finally catches up with them. And that's kind of the part that we were talking about earlier with their birth mom it takes time for them to finally like realize and heal and like come to terms with what just happened all that time ago not even not like, even what just, not happened. Even just happened yeah what happened, what two happened? Decades ago like that's yeah. crazy uh, oh goodness uh, <laughs> we're exhausted um <laughs> this chapter was a lot it was and again during this whole book it's a lot to process and we take weeks in between each chapter we take time to just check in with each other. If you're reading this and need just someone to listen to or just take a, a breath with, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, anything. Mm -hmm. We can hop on a call with you, kind of go through it with you if you're having issues. We are there to support you guys. And that's the main part of this, our healing and your healing. Exactly. And obviously, like, with our conversations with all of these, we try to make it, like, you know, a good combination of, I don't know, keeping it lighthearted, mm -hmm. but at the same time talking about the serious issues and I think a lot of that just comes from the fact that we want it to be a normal conversation. We yeah. want it to be normalized. We want it to be comfortable. So, you know, that's why we are always trying to make sure that it's a casual kind of yeah. conversation. And obviously making sure that you have this kind of relationship is really important as an adoptee. So Absolutely. I obviously encourage you guys to connect with each other. If there's somebody in our comments that you want to chat with more, you know, you can always ask to see if it's okay to send them a message. Yeah, and everyone's so open in this community to help one another. Yeah. I've and felt so welcomed it. by the adoptee community, and it just feels amazing. So I think you should mm -hmm. definitely just put your foot out there. I know it might feel awkward or feel a little weird at first, but it, it feels so good, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of once you do so. Exactly. Uh, so I guess moving on to further... Let's the see adopted oh. pot in the middle. Yep. <laughs> Do you want to? Are you doing one? the first sentence I don't know. too? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I knew it. Well, go for it. All right. For so first uh, <laughs> sentence in this section, the adoptee caught in the middle. The adoptee, meanwhile, is often caught in the middle and feels guilty for everything that's happening. 
Wanna say it better myself? No, no. Guilt, guilt, guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about guilt and shame. Like yeah. that is very prevalent. Woo. Um, yeah, this is a very interesting section, just kind of trying to please everybody, but also feel comfortable by both parts of the triad as well. Like another thing that I con- that difficult. I highlighted was the fact that sometimes adoptees are afraid of their adoptive parents willingly help well, helping them to search because there's a part of them that feels threatened by that idea saying if my adoptive parents are so willing to help do they really care about me are they trying to get rid of me i, put, I was like good lord this is so complicated i like, know whoa and i never felt that way with my parents being like you know we're open i never to even that. thought of that yeah honestly. we're open to that and yeah i've never never thought about that i can see why that would creep in though like, yeah Oh, for sure. God, that's complicated. Because then another type of like, okay, once I do find them or do that with them, are they going to abandon me now? Because here you've gotten this family back. Or who knows what's mm-hmm. going through our minds. But I mean, if you were to do, let's say, a flow chart of the possibilities with searching. Oh, God. Can you imagine the billions of branches that would come from that? Yeah. Like, it's endless. And things this we've is never one even of them. thought of. We haven't probably yes. even thought of, like, most of it. Yeah. And this is one of those things that I'm like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. where would that branch off? Like, mm-hmm. that would just be crazy. <laughs> God. Oh, let's see. The last section here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just checking to see nope. if I missed anything. Go for it. Um, last section being healing the triad. I didn't highlight this. Did you highlight this? I did. Okay, I was like, wait, I highlighted <laughs> nothing, but it's highlighted in our Yeah, um, just, it just talks about, it would be um, Nancy, who wrote the book's recommendation that all triad members honestly look into their own souls and access what they're truly feeling, and just pretty much that these feelings do not have to be denied or apologized for. Just everybody in the triad does have to heal. Everyone's going through a different part of loss, uh, trauma. We are going through a lot more um with that compared to a lot of I, I don't even like to compare it because it's different for the birth mother adoptive parents and the adoptee um but it also just talks about how you know the painful experience is happening for all three sides of the triad and that reunions can play an important part in that healing process and for me I can definitely attest to that I felt like that process was life-changing for me that was my step to healing, and it took some time after to kind of come full circle of understanding and accepting what I do know and what I do not know, but that was a huge process for me, and that was a huge part of my healing. And kind of that's all I had for this section. I think chapter 13 is the reunion process, and I think that's going to be extremely beneficial for me, just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going into that, because I know reunions are very emotional, so I think that'll be a great playoff of this chapter so stay tuned for that otherwise i didn't really have any much more after that no the only other things um (laughs) i guess as far as like our discussion question Mm -hmm. um asking again just if anyone has searched for their birth mom or had their birth mother search for them that is definitely something that we have not talked about what was the experience like um have any of our listeners had a second abandonment after a search so we love to hear from you if this is something that's happened like if this is something we can touch on so that we can kind of raise that awareness so that people have that support and like realize other people have gone through this validating their feelings all that Mm. kind of stuff please contact us we would love to hear from you um 
otherwise, as far as the chapter, how did you feel overall? I felt like this was the beginning stages of like reliving those emotions of when I first wanted to search, kind of the guilt mm. of not wanting to do it because of my adopted parents, wanting to do it because of my birth mom, not wanting to do it because of the guilt that I was feeling as the adoptee, as the bad guy, as the different bad guys throughout the whole triad section. I just felt mm -hmm. like it was a it was an interesting um, take back. And I did my search years ago, like set. almost a decade ago. Oh, my gosh. I just aged you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, but like yeah. that was so long ago and I've healed and done so much since then. But yet it just took me back to those exact moments of how I was feeling and how validating those feelings really are. It's it's true. It's what we go through. And I think um, just being older and understanding my adoptive parents and birth mm. mother, it also made me take a step back and just realize what it was like to be in their shoes at that point, because that's also a big thing. And not knowing all that comes with adoption, I think there's a lot of unknowns, um, regardless if open, domestic, international, there's mm -hmm. always some unanswered questions or some unknown whys or medical history, whatever the case may be. I think the biggest thing for me is I don't have all the answers. So healing myself is the best that I can do. And I just hope that everyone else in the triad, everyone else going through adoption, wanting to be hopeful adoptive parents, start that healing process as well. What about you? <laughs> you had a very different take I on did. this than I did. I did. I know that um, for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. This chapter, I thought a lot about not necessarily my birth mother, kind of just like as a whole conceptually yeah. a birth mothers and the things that women go through in this particular kind of situation. This made me so much more connect with the adoptees where their pain manifests as wanting to fix or remove the system in relation to adopting existing. Mm -hmm. Like, I've always understood to a certain extent why that feeling exists and why adoptees feel that way. But in this particular situation, I'm like, oh my God, no wonder they don't want yeah. it to happen ever. Like... There are so, like, there's a lot more that we didn't go into because I would have had to Absolutely. read the entire section for you guys to kind of understand where I'm coming from with this. But a lot of with the birth mother part of the triad, there is elements of birth mothers being coerced into having to do this and the reasons for that and the way that the levels of, like, I don't know, how poverty kind of affects this and, like, how inequality affects mm -hmm. this and how so many different things affect the fact that this even exists and that there, number one, aren't resources for, I don't know, kind of like we talked about last chapter, the fact that I think, you know, adoption agencies should be doing more to heal these parts, like the entire triad. They should be doing more for that. It's kind of the same thing, kind of on the opposite side, because it's talking about like, okay, well, adoption wouldn't have to exist if this existed. Like, if there were to be more resources for people that are having these hardships. Like, it's starting to be something that I don't understand, mm -hmm. where I'm like, how is this okay that we're yeah. not able to do this for people to prevent this to be happening? Like, you know, obviously I wouldn't necessarily change anything with my life, but at the same time, it's like, I get 
where this anger is coming from now. Absolutely. Where people are like, we should abolish adoption. And Mm -hmm. I'm always just like, that's a lot to be asked. And there would be a lot to be changed. But I'm like, shouldn't there be a lot to be changed? Like, shouldn't we change a lot, Mm -hmm. maybe? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It was a complicated chapter. I thought the talking more about the triad was really interesting. Uh, The um, roles of both the adoptive and the bio mom I thought was really interesting. I don't know. I'm interested to get into the rest of the book. Um, As I was kind of flipping through as you were talking about like the next couple chapters, I realized I'm like, huh, I did underline stuff. Apparently I read more of this than I thought. Not that I really, I had no idea. I didn't have anything underlined in the next chapter, but chapter, maybe I skipped it. I don't know. Um, Because chapter 14 was empowering ourselves. Chapter 13 was the reunion process. Maybe I skipped it. It was like two years ago. I need to empower. (laughs) Literally no idea. I did like write something down. So like, I'm curious to see my thoughts now on some of, wow, I have a lot of notes. Okay. (laughs) Maybe this is where I ended because it's folded folded over. I don't know. But there's still a lot to be said. We're going to be moving on to chapter 13 next. There's only 16 chapters. So we're getting very close to the end. So if there are further questions, suggestions, topics of conversation or discussion, like definitely let us know. We're always happy to hear from our listeners. So, um, and recommend us please to anyone else, possibly even from the triad, not even just other adoptees that may benefit from this. Like there's a lot to be learned from this book. I agree. And continue to share us because a lot of people who you know, you don't know what they've gone through. And a lot of people might not share those experiences, but they could relate to the different traumas or things that we've talked about throughout our podcast, throughout this book. Um, so we just continue to thank you for your support and your listens and for just liking us on all social medias, you know, the whole shebang. Follow, like, part. subscribe, yep. review, rate, <laughs> and all of it. you uh, want to continue to see us in the studio and feel free or have the needs to donate, we have a option on our podcast i believe on pinecast it'll send you a link to yes. that in the description got it um there's a place where you can do a tip jar so if yep. you um would like to contribute to that we would be very thankful also book primal wound if you would like to get that from our reading list on bookshop.org that is on our website mm-hmm. columbianinfluence.com there is a section with resources it'll take you to bookshop.org and um you can purchase this which i know is in stock right now it on is. bookshop.org so uh, if you purchase it from there, from our list, part of the proceeds will go to us. So please send that our way. Uh, if you do, again, have any questions regarding this or any other things that you would like us to discuss in season three coming soon, please send that via email, DM, or whatever, <laughs> whatever you feel like. Whatever, however you find us. Yes. Send it our way. Yep. Until next time. Later. Bye. Bye.